The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone, I'm Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. As usual, we are fishing Rick as co-host. How are you, buddy? Oh, mate, I was, uh, I was full, buddy. I was so full and, uh, and then I got this mach- machine, um, uh, Sperm Extractor 103. I used it three times and I'm fantastic now. You are a clown. Oh, <laughs> shit. Sorry, wrong podcast. Good on you. <laughs> Sorry, I just that was my in joke to everyone that says that I do so much. I thought I'd be funny. Once again, <laughs> well, the boys didn't even laugh. <laughs> <laughs> what a tough crowd. <laughs> that fell flat like a pancake. I know. I'm not too sure how to respond to it. <laughs> <laughs> You've just scared the shit out of our guests. <laughs> Who's that? Well, look, we've got a pair of guests on tonight, uh, helping us review our first game for 2015. There are a couple of legends of the online Port Adelaide Footy Club community. You can see them all over YouTube and Facebook with their vodcasts and their legendary moments. Uh, a big welcome to Bryce, Blake and Brandon from the Port Adelaide pair. Thank What's going you, on, guys? Thanks for having us on. Oh, Too easy. Well, look, can you give us a bit of a background about how you guys uh, started supporting Port Adelaide? Uh, well, it was kind of... It's in, it's in my blood. My dad's an absolute Maggie's freak, so he loves the Maggie. So it was always, when I was growing up, always Port. And then in the in 97, when it came up, uh, pretty much straight in. Members, been member forever, pretty much. And that's about it, really. Always loved Port. Yeah. Uh, me, personally, Blake, uh, I was brainwashed by my dad. Um, <laughs> they even had me as the, I think I was the mascot there for a while with the Maggie's, wearing the number half on my back. <laughs> um, but yeah, just been going to every every game since. Um, yeah, some of my fondest childhood memories have come from drinking a Fanta at Alberton, and yeah, and no, I just love the love the footy club. Yeah, and, nice. uh, Bryce, I'm uh, I'm Blake's brother, his younger brother. So obviously, there was no chance of me being a Crows fan or Fremantle fan or anything. I was I was definitely brainwashed into being a Port fan, and thank God I am. To be honest. I just I couldn't imagine supporting any other club with especially the turnout we've got now for everything. It's just you know, it's an amazing feeling to be part of it. Absolutely. And how did the Port LA Pair come about? Well, Brandon uh, is studying journalism at um UniSA, so I think he wanted to start something where he could just talk about Port as much as he possibly could and I don't know, try and maybe get some experience for himself and We've been best mates for a long time now. He just asked if I wanted to join, and to be honest, I talk about Port probably close to ten hours a day. So if I could do it on film, I'm I'm more than happy. Yeah, it kind of came out that way. You know, I was pretty. I was on another uh, sports show, and it kind of wasn't going the best because all I wanted to do was talk about Port and not no one else. And uh, the other boys weren't Port supporters, so that wasn't going so well. So I thought I'd just ask Bryce whether or not he wanted to be part of it and he said yes and we kind of started off a bit slow and we're like we'll see how it goes and it kind of took off there uh one night we went up by about a thousand likes so we're like we better start taking this a bit more seriously <laughs> so from there it kind of kind of went on and then uh blake started studying journalism as well uh and we were like why not why can't we get blakey on and he came on and it's good experience for blake and i being journal students 
we thought uh, we thought the name already had too much recognition <laughs> yeah. of what Adelaide Pair, so we couldn't change it. So we just had to leave it, even though there's three of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's quite interesting. Do you guys? What made you choose the uh, the camera over, say, like Macker and myself that went audio? Is it because you guys think you're handsome devils and you you don't shy away oh, from that sort that of stuff? Big part of that that <laughs> uh, since since I've known Bryce, I think we film pretty much. 97% of our lives anyway so you know we always have a camera in our hands filming stuff we've done, done some trick shots uh, and we always started filming those and then we thought we'd start you know putting our face in front of the camera and talking about other stuff rather than just kicking a footy into a bin and uh, <laughs> there are some heated discussions on there as well so there's been a few yeah. fisticuff oh. stories so it always makes good viewing yeah you got you, you'd, you'd want to see that uh, you can't really appreciate a fight when you're only listening to it and uh, so that's why we thought we'd get the video out and you know we always want people to see our face so we might get stopped one day on the bus or something like that that's the dream love it that's awesome Macca and I weren't that courageous were we Macca mate I got a head like a robber's dog so there's no no chance at all that I'm getting in front of a video camera mate Uh, good work I mean I, I just think it's great that like the one thing every we've all got in common is that we just want to talk about you know what a great club we support and uh and just pass on our thoughts and you know i'm sure you guys are as grateful as what we are for the people who actually uh, um follow the show and support the show it, it's almost overwhelming at times absolutely because yeah. a lot of things we've done we just don't get that much support about it people don't really ask us to do anything but we've noticed on the port adelaide pair we've got people commenting on all the videos like usually the same bunch of people but it just shows you that you know, they love the club just as much as we do and they want to be a part of it. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it, actually. You know, it's pretty crazy. We didn't, we never thought anyone would like anything that we did, <laughs> really. And then one night, it just kind of took off and that just shows how amazing the, the community is. Well, look, the NAB Challenge started for Port Adelaide on Sunday in the traditional Port Adelaide homeland of Cooper Stadium in Norwood. Uh, over 9,000 people saw us beat the West Coast Eagles by 40 points. First question I got is, how did you find the Guernsey? Loved Surprisingly, yeah. the, well, the first time I saw it when they uploaded it to Facebook, I liked it, but I don't know, seeing it in person. Oh, really? Uh, I'm the I other way. I'm yeah. the other way. No, I was, I'm probably with Blake on this one. I, I didn't really, I didn't like it that much, actually. I don't know whether it was not, whether or not it was the black shorts and the teal Guernsey or something like to do with that, but I have no idea. Honestly, no idea I thought it was. What are you talking about, the black shorts and the, the till Guernsey? Because I was, sta- I was standing behind the Southern Goals and I went to the merchant counter, merchandise counter there and bought a pair of blue shorts and a, a red and blue top. Isn't that what we're supposed to be buying? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he sold anything. I don't know. Usually when, when you're wearing the, you see the boys wearing their Guernsey, they've got white short, shorts and a white shirt and it just kind of... Looks good, but then when you I, chop and change, I didn't really like it that much. I thought it looked cheesy when they first showed it on the on the page as a photo. And when they came out, I thought I, I thought it looked good. Just not sure it works on the pale skin of Lovie and Jess. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I wasn't too sure about it to start with, but it looked a lot darker in person when they were out on the field than what it looked like on the photos. Yeah, so no, I actually didn't mind it out there. I thought it looked all right. Yeah. Not sure how it would go with white shorts. It would look a bit wishy-washy, I think, but I don't know. I, I still like the white Guernsey. That's my favourite Guernsey. Yeah, I reckon yeah. We've, got a, we've got a few of them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we've, got, we've got pretty much all the Guernseys, so... <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't think we really got out of second gear for much of the day. I thought we took things pretty easy and just got the job done. Absolutely. I think that maybe the first 10 minutes, I think we came out like a house on fire. We were just, we were killing them. I thought it was going to be an absolute slaughtering. Yeah. And then I think we just, I don't know, I guess we knew we had it in the bag, so we just eased off. And as you said, it was just in second gear the whole. Well, the, the link up handball the, in the first 10 minutes, I thought it was fantastic. You know, one of the yeah. plays we ran all the way from half back, kicked Robbie Gray, finished yeah. it off with a nice goal. And I thought, you know, if that's the sign of things to come this year, we've, we're in pretty, for a pretty good year. Uh, and then we kind of took the foot off the pedal and let him back in. But we really didn't care that much seeing that, you know. Saw what we can do in the first 10 minutes. And if we can keep that up for a full game, then watch out. Yeah, I think West Coast just managed to really hold us up, um, trying to bring it out of defence. And it's when we can get that first kind of possession of, out of that 50-metre line, that's when all those linkages start to happen. But, I don't know, they kind of wised up to it pretty early and... Um, yeah, it was a bit of an arm wrestle. Even though we won by 40, it didn't didn't really feel like that, to be honest. No, I felt more like a bit of a 20-point win, I thought. But yeah. I thought we sp- probably struggled with West Coast possession game plan a little bit. Like They were playing pretty slow and, and steady and, and chipping it around a little bit. And yeah. I don't know, I just thought they, they sort of broke up our defensive structures a bit in that second quarter. Yeah, they did. But, I mean... We had a few key outs in that back line, you know. You got, yeah, we absolutely. We didn't have Monch or Trengove and, or Broadbent. You know, that's, Broadbent's yeah. a lot of run off that half back line and we really missed that big kick out of the back 50 there. And Trengove's a massive out as well when you don't have him in there. You know, it's just a massive hole. And I think we really missed that in terms of, you know, clearing the ball out of that back 50 with that run. Then uh, uh, Pittard came off as well, and he was just about, I thought he was just about best on ground for us at the time, and he was providing some real run off that, that back flank, and then he came off and it kind of yeah dried up a bit. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a very good start. I thought you guys have uh, summed it up pretty well, I, and I agree. I think we, we had our strongest midfield unit in there with Wines, um, yeah. Gray and, and Boak in the beginning, and hence the reason. And not only that, as you pointed out in your review, Macca, um, I thought Loby was spoon-feeding them fantastically well as well yep. with his ruck work. And and then we started playing around with our structures a little bit. We started giving Archie um, um, more game time around the ball and a few of those lesser players, and uh, or lesser-known players, I should say. And, uh, yeah, I think... The one concern, I don't think it really matters if Jacko and those other players were in our side um, because what happened is we were coughing it up um, and then West Coast with their possession game were able to sort of, they they almost knew not to kick it long and so they chipped it and they were able to chip their way through the defensive zone, so to speak, and get that free man inside 50. And I think that's the, if we're looking at it very uh, analytically and and cruelly, that would probably be the biggest concern for the coaches. But then at the same time, if you look at the final scoreboard, for us to restrict them to seven goals, seven with the players that we did have missing was a fantastic effort. Look, I thought our skill level was uh, was pretty good on the day. I, I was pretty pleased, again, that, uh, that the skills that we showed in the internal trial uh, followed through to the first sort of competitive game. Um, the other thing I really took out of the game was just how fit and trim the uh, the players look. They look really hard bodies, um, but also pretty trim. Like they look pretty tight and lots of core strength there. Yeah, no, I noticed. I reckon I noticed it most with Jarman Impey. I reckon he's put on. Mm. He just looks a lot, you know, stronger in his core, and he looks a lot fitter. He's, he was running around sort of like the whole game, pretty much yeah. chasing the ball. Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess, you know, all the pre-season work that they do and obviously the Dubai trip, you, you'd think at this point of the year that's probably where they are going to be their trimmest, um, I guess. I mean, the running workload will probably reduce throughout the season. So I guess, yeah, this time of the year they, they probably need to be there. Um, yeah, trimmest, I suppose. Well, they look muscularly fit, though, don't you reckon? They yeah. Look like, they look like cut yeah. athletes. At, um, and they, So it's not like they're thin and they're, someone's going to, you know, like the old Geelong's going to run through them and break them in half. These boys look like they can now absorb impact and, and wear the, the full game of body impact. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I think that's exactly what... Um, the training staff were going for as well with that three-year plan that they were going, um, especially some of the first-year players. I noticed Jake Needs put on a, a fair bit of size since his first year. And, I, yeah. I mean, he's not getting bumped off the ball as easy as he once was, and I think that's exactly what they're going for. Yeah, it looks like Carl Amon as well. I remember watching him a few times last year running around for the Maggies, and he looked like a tiny little boy, but he certainly wasn't looking like that on the weekend. He looks like he'd be ready to play a few games this season. Uh, don't yeah. encourage Macca. Here we go. <laughs> Super <laughs> impressed. Super impressed by Carly Amon. He was a great player on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I still think Paul Stewart was a fantastic player on the weekend, and I thought he was probably one of our best running players for the whole game. Yeah, I noticed that as well. I said that as soon as I saw um, the boys at halftime here. Went over and saw him, and I said, Paul Stewart's probably my best on ground at that point. Um he had a lot of stability and his kicking was actually really good. So, I don't know. I, I, Carl Amon really came in to his own, I think, towards the last quarter. And some of his foot disposal was excellent. He hit this pass uh, to Robbie Gray, I think it was. It only went about a metre off the ground for about oh. 40 metres and it just hit him right on the chest. And I yeah. thought, this kid's got some skill. So, it's really exciting. Goal kicking, did we think that was a bit of an issue? It was an issue all year last year in 2014 and... Yeah, you know, we could have really buried West Coast in that third quarter, but we we started the quarter and missed probably three or four real gettable shots. Yeah, that was a it was a pretty big issue last year. When I reckon that was pretty much the main reason we were losing those games last year through that stretch where we lost a whole bunch in a row. But um, yeah, the Butch was a little bit off target with one of his. Um, unfortunate to see everyone was rooting behind him, but. Um, I was pretty interested to see how Lobi was going to go moving into the forward line because that's going to be something when Ryder comes in, he's obviously going to have to push um, into the forward line at stages of the game. And he looked all right in the forward line for a goal. Yeah, he kicked a nice goal, and no, I thought he looked all right. Well, I think I'm not 100 percent sure whether or not goal kicking was their main objective for the first few weeks of um, pre-season to pretty much get fit, but. I noticed the kicking probably was a little bit off um, at times, but you know that can only get better throughout the season, hopefully. So yeah. you like to put it down as being the first yeah. first game of the season, so or preseason even. So all right, I mean it was eleven goals, fourteen in the end with <clears throat> one super goal. So it's not like a nightmare goal kicking game, but obviously you like to see it the other way around, more goals than not. We um, our insides just taking a look at some of the stats and. Our inside 50 count was down for the for the possessions we had usually compared to last season where we were around the mid to high 50s most games. We only had 45 inside 50s this week. Maka, did you notice, did you notice that at, at the time? No, not really. I mean, shorter quarters, that might have had something to do with it as well. Yeah. 
that's not something I noticed either, but it's not, I've noticed it now. But I guess going back to Paul Stewart, I guess the thing that I really uh, stood out for me with his durability over the four quarters was the fact that six one percenters, which was the highest from the team, three tackles as well, three inside 50s, and he provided a lot of uh, link-up play in addition to his hard stuff. And, I mean, that's one thing we could never say about Paul Stewart as a player, that he's not hard. Um, I'm just really hoping that he can be durable for this whole season because if he can, I think he can provide some value for the team. Which, uh, what position, Rick, do you think that Paul Stewart's best suited to? Oh, look, I do. He's going to be fighting with a fair few players. I do find, I do think uh, probably that running half back mould where we've only got about 25 players that could probably play there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's got that ability to, to play the tall, short sort of role. So, He's probably fighting with Broadbent, which is obviously a, who is obviously a first-team player. Your Cam O'Shea, which is who was a bit of a fringe and not a fringe player last year, um, and obviously Jasper Pittard's another one. But I can't see Jasper and uh, Brody not being first-choice players in that regard. Yeah, I think um, a lot of it will come down to injuries, and hopefully, you know, we wish that there's no injuries on the team. But unfortunately, we all know that will happen. It just depends who and, and when. Um, and I think some of those players will kind of not be hoping for it, but when they get the chance, they'll try and take it uh, with both hands. And I think, I don't know where we'll play Impy if he plays a game. You know, he might get that small forward like he did when he uh, took out Ballantyne last year against Freo. And he's another player that can play off that half-back line as well. And even at the end of last year, we saw Chad Wingard go off the half-back line to get into the game. So we've got a lot of options there on that, that um, half-back line. And... It's just really interesting to see who gets the nod each week, actually. Yeah. I mean, Stewart's just the perfect plug-and-play depth player because he can play down back, can play in the midfield, can play out forward. He's kicked a lot of goals up forward before. Um, you just know when he's going to get his chance. Hopefully he takes it. Um, and you can see why they gave him another two-year contract because of that. Um, with MP, I, I said on the board today, I reckon he's fighting with O'Shea for that final sort of defensive spot. And I reckon they might sort of swap and change from week to week. Um, in a bit of a horses uh, for courses type deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, I guess Impey just suits up better against that smaller smaller forward. Like, you can't really put O'Shea on a on a Ballantyne or an Eddie Betts, really. So, um, but I, I personally, I've become a big fan of Cam O'Shea in the past few years. Just the way that he's played in finals. I mean, he's, yep. he really hasn't put a foot wrong in it in all the finals he's played, which. I mean, for a guy who, who was pretty shaky early on, uh, he's come on leaps and bounds. And if you're, talking, if you're talking about fitness, I mean, he's one guy that looks a lot bulkier now, doesn't he? Especially his mm. upper torso and his shoulders. And he, he looks like he can withstand a lot of impact and create his own impact now. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of what, if he's in the team, what we'll need against some of those bigger teams with a, a really big forward line. Uh, that bigger body that can take that third tall will really help. Um, it can mean it might mean that he switches to a back pocket if we're getting killed um, in the forward line there. So if he gets that that bigger body, you know, he, he gets used to it, then it's really good for us. Just uh, just back on Paul Stewart, what did you guys make of the hairstyle? Best on ground in terms of haircuts, that's for sure. <laughs> Though Tom Lamb was pretty interesting as well. I know why you're jealous of his hairstyle, Macca. <laughs> That's because I've got none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't Very know. jelly. It's the, uh, it's, the modern, uh, it's the modern trendy haircut, I guess, isn't it? What did you guys think? 
Oh, oh, don't offend, don't offend. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not too not. much about the change. Yeah, there are <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Young's, I think, might be, uh, might be top and it's the worst. His is horrendous. Would you call it? Would you call it filthy? Uh, oh, it's definitely filthy. All he needs now is some really bad facial hair, and he'll be all right. <laughs> you, you can see why they call Youngie the fetus. <laughs> oh, I think even Pitarvin's uh, even sporting some long hair now. So Holly Wines had long hair. This must be the summer thing. I remember last year Hamish Hartley came back after pre-season with long hair. Didn't last long when the season started, but mm. uh, yeah, it just must be a summer thing. I want Hamish to grow that mo back. <laughs> yeah. now, that, now that was filthy. <laughs> Pittard's was filthy. Yeah, Pittard uh, yeah. can't do anything filthy, boys. He's the man. <laughs> I hope you guys know that I'm the number one Jasper Pittard fan in the world, don't you? Uh, I don't know about that. I've got a mate and he just absolutely loves Jasper, so you might be pushing that. Uh, but, really? <laughs> you know, it's good that he's got some fans. It is. Well, some of us have to stick up for him. He was very maligned in his time. I guess he was probably one of those players, I thought, on the weekend that was just sort of doing what he had to do, I guess, for the game instead of uh, having to put it all on the line. He wasn't really needed too much, was he? I thought he was great. He still I thought he was fantastic in that first half. Still looked a little bit indecisive at times. Was he? Oh. And I think just on the other occasions right at the start, I think he was turning back around. I think Logie put him under pressure one time, so it wasn't really his fault, but... I mean, you get that with Pitt, jeez, mm. you still love the way, but I still love the way he takes on the game. I think the yeah. controversial one from the weekend, Macker and Boys, is um, Tom Clory. There's been a bit of a divided opinion about his game on the weekend. I think he might just be one step too slow at the moment. He, I hope he gets a little bit quicker, but I guess he is a big defender. So Well, I've always been a, a Clory fan. Um, I, I, I watched all the Maggie's game last year, and I thought he was great last year. Um, Really wanted him to get a bit more of a go uh, at the start of last year, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure where he fits um, because of how how much depth we've got in that back line. So I think he's got a fair bit of work to do this year if he want, if he wants to get a game. But I really hope he does because I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, I thought he looked a bit inattentive at times on Sunday and probably a little bit of you know out of position as well. Um, I was really hoping he'd sort of come through and have a big game because um, I was really impressed with him last year at the Magpies as well, but just didn't quite see it on the weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing him again this week, though. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, upcoming game because a few of the stars will step out and it gives uh, a few of the younger boys a bit more of a crack, and that, that's really exciting. That's it. My comment was with Cleary, uh, I thought he, he needs to probably play that Paul Stewart role more so. Um, where he provides that link-up play and run up the ground. I think that's where his ability is. He, he got exposed to that second quarter um, with one passage of play where O'Shea sort of wasn't happy. Um, he, he should have really blocked Kennedy and provided that protection and, and didn't really do it. And um, Well, not that he didn't want to do it, but he, he just didn't execute it right. And I just, There seems to be glimpses that he, as a, a lockdown defender, um, even though there was an article today saying how good he was, I, I thought I saw some weaknesses there. But I, I think as a running running defender, run-off defender, or even in the midfield, which has been spoken about, might be his calling. But he's just he's just one of those players which is just going to be finding it really hard to get in the side. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, that, I think that article was talking about um, yeah playing him as a big-bodied midfielder. So... Yeah, I think they're just trying to find somewhere to put him at the moment. Well, I mean, when he plays for the Maggies, he's, he's 
pretty much our go-to defender a lot of the time, especially last year. And I think when he came into the team playing the NAB Challenge last week, he was kind of a bit a bit lost because of that. You know, he, you had Alapade there, and it meant that he didn't get the the best forward, which he might do, you know, in the SANFL. So. It might have taken a while to get used to that, but I don't know. I think he, I agree with you. It's really good when he runs up the wing. He did that a lot last year in the in the SANFL, and he provided a lot of in um, forward fifty entries. So if we can get him doing that on a more constant basis, I think he'll be a great player. Look, I'm just going to throw a couple of names out, and I want a, an opinion on how they went on the weekend and how we think they might go this year. First one, Johnny Butcher. I love oh, Butch. Oh, Hashtag Matt the Butch. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a fan of the Butch. I just love the way he, you know, there's a pack of 10 people and yeah. one person knocks them all over. He's like a bowling ball taking out the pins. His second effort, it's, it's, it's really amazing for him. Like, that's, why, that's why you want to keep him in because he can take a great mark he's and he'll, he'll chase the ball down. It's just, it's the boy, if his, if his goal kicking he just improved just you, a little you know, bit. After, after a pre-season, you'd pretty much say he's come back, he's worked on his kicking all summer and the first kick he, he gets, he kind of butchers. I've got high hopes for Butch. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think everyone's got high hopes for when that. Come through. Have, have we had a player that the Port LA Footy Club supporters have wanted to succeed as much as Johnny Butcher. Absolutely, you know, I think everyone kind of everyone loves him and wants that, um, wants him to succeed. But he's got to get that kicking right. Oh, you can you can hear it when he takes a mark. Everyone, everyone just goes oh. up. Everyone's loving it. But you also then hear that the whispers <laughs> of all going to happen. Yeah, I think that might get into his head a bit actually. So yeah. I think it's definitely on his head. Port Adelaide fans when he takes a mark inside four fifty, don't yeah, just, just shut up. <laughs> Reminds me of the love that Nathan Loney and Cam Hitchcock used to get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, seriously though, Mac, I reckon the only other one would maybe be a much lesser version, maybe Damon White. Yeah, Whitey, maybe Brett Ebert as well. I think everyone wanted Brett Ebert to become that sort of, you know, superstar midfielder that he showed at SANFL level at the but start of his career. But Brett still played 170 odd games. Oh, no doubt he did. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, he, he he did get the time in the sun. I think. Yeah, you know, Butcher hasn't clocked up that many, and Damon White. How many did he end up getting? Like fifty odd or something? And yeah, about battle, fifty. Kept battling through injuries as well, and uh, yep. just couldn't get there. But um, yeah, look, he's a, a unique beast, the old Butch. I love mm. that contested mark he took though. Oh, it was yeah. a great one. one thing yeah, we love about him. You know, he, he always hits the pack hard and takes it when he can. He takes a big like, clunking mark, and that's what we like to see. Yeah, I said in my review that he's basically the hot girl that shows you a bit of cleavage and a bit of leg, but you never get the whole package. Like he, like he, he, he gets his hands on the ball in the marking contest, but you know he he always seems to have soft hands and doesn't take the grab. He's always seems to be that sort of meter or two out of position. I thought he wasn't too bad. The attitude was up. I thought his tackling was great. Fantastic running as always. But my criticism of him over the last few years is that he's basically a two hundred centimeter sheepdog. And we just need for him to start clunking those marks and, and taking more shots on goal. Yeah, I think his timing yeah. is, is pretty bad usually. You know, he doesn't quite yeah. time his jump right or judge where the ball's going to go. So I think he needs to work on that. But if he can get that right, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. Uh, next player is uh, Carl Amon. I thought he was really impressive, as I said earlier. Some of his kicks were fantastic. And really liked how he put his body on the line as well. And... Yeah, he probably should have ended up with two goals. He hit the post late in the game there as well. And I thought he had a ripper game. 
I think that's the thing because he's obviously you know playing for his spot. He wants to he wants to show everyone, even the even the fans that probably don't get to see Maggie's games too much. So he wants to show them that he can play footy. So, but I I thought he played really well on the weekend. Um, yeah, I just, it's always just up in the air as if he's going to be able to grab a game this season or or not. Well, originally I thought he was a little bit too small when when I first saw him, but now he's put that size on. You know, it's quite exciting to see. It's just whether or not he can, he can back it up. Uh, weeks on end and I think that's what they'll look at in their SNFL this week uh, whether or not he, not this week, uh, this season whether or not he'll keep backing it up and I think if he does that, there's a good chance of a, a debut. Yeah, yeah. I think another huge thing that he's got going for him is that he's left footed which I mean we've only got a couple in uh, like Polak and Pittard really and then he gets pretty slim so you know if we can have him on a left wing or something it could be a real um, real positive this year. Where does he fit in the list? Does he sort of play at 20 to 25, 26 to 30, or in the 30s? I think maybe 26 to 30. I think, well, geez, it's a tough... It's really day. hard, you know. It's got to that point now where we've got such depth that it's really hard to find a spot, whereas three years ago, you'd say he'd be, he'd be uh, putting on a Guernsey for round one. And yeah, that's really exciting as a right. fan. We would have been almost getting a call for round one a couple of years ago. Mm. Look, I reckon Carl Amon is going to be pushing round one. Uh, I reckon it's going to be between him and Jakey Need. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much right, I think. Um, whether I, I wasn't that impressed with Needy's game yeah. uh, on the weekend, actually, but after his finals campaign and leading up to that last year, you, you don't know where, where he sits, especially with Amon has a really good preseason. Um, yep. It will be between those two. All right, next player is uh, Brendan Archie. How do we think of him on the weekend? Not, yeah, still a bit unsure about Brendan. Um, he does lack a little bit of pace. I think um, he has the ability to absolutely take over a game. I think he has that ability. Uh, whether or not it happens, uh, I'm not too sure, but... You know, I think his his body type is exactly what you need if you're a footballer. Yep. Um, he didn't quite get into the game as much as I wanted him to um, on the yeah, weekend. Five disposals, so. But he did show a little bit when he did get the ball, and he just needs to get more of the ball, I think. Yeah. And yeah. he had some SNFL games last year where he took over, but whether or not that happens enough is another question. So, is it a co- confidence thing for Brendan? Is that uh, I mean, like you said, he needs to get more ball, and that's probably the most common thing I would think for Brendan at this point in time as well. So is that really driven by confidence in the coaches to put him in those key structural positions more often, or is it just his positioning that's causing him not to get it? I think it's a bit of both there. I reckon it is a bit of a confidence issue. I think he needs to have a really big first quarter to have a big game and get his confidence up. If he does that, then I reckon he's set. Um, I just don't think he's suited to that sort of forward pocket, um, forward flank role where he was sort of situated on the weekend. Um, he looked a little bit sluggish and a little bit slow, and I don't think his def- uh, defensive pressure was good enough. Harsh, harsh. Yep. <laughs> but I think he's, I think he's more suited to being an inside midfielder. I think that's where his uh, his talent sort of lies. But I mean, well, I, I just, I just can't see. Yeah, I just can't see him breaking into that core midfield group at the moment. No, well, uh, midfield's pretty deep, so it's been mm. pretty tough, you know. Him and Andrew Moore, uh, similar body types, really. So 
I think he could play that that midfield where a midfield role where he gets uh, in and under. Um, but I don't think he's a forward pocket player either. I think he's too big for that. Uh, not yep. quick enough for that role. You know, I don't know where he'll he'll play if if he breaks into the side. Um, he'll have to have a pretty big year in the SANFL if he's going to get in there. What about the crack? How do we think of the crack on the weekend? Love the, love the crack. Love How the good crack. was his return? I don't think he, I don't think he did a thing wrong the whole game. No. Every time well, I saw him, he came came off the, <laughs> the whole game. No, no, but okay. Did he play his whole game? He did. Uh, but you know, I, I remember seeing him uh, in the SNFL last year, and I said, I think I said it to Bryce that you know we need to pick him up again because his skills and his. Um, Efficiency with the ball is second to none. He's he's really clean with the ball, and I love seeing it on the weekend. You know, he just take take out a player and wouldn't have any worry. He'd get straight back up. There's he's a tough player, and I think we might need that um, in certain places this year. You know, if we make finals again, you know, hopefully of course, um, we might need a big body defender like that to come in and clear clear a few packs, take a take a mark, and be really clean with the ball. Yeah. So I, I really liked him. Yeah, it just seemed like there was uh, more maturity to his game now. Um, you know, maybe when he was with Port, he was still quite raw, but now just the way he plays, he seems really steady. And um, no, I, I hope he gets shot at some point. The thing that I noticed was uh, he said something on the website um, just before the game. There was a bit of a video of him, and he said. Um, Back when I was with Port before, you could sort of sag off a little bit and sort of do your own thing. But if you try and do that now, you'd get absolutely blasted by your teammates and coaches. So I think we're going to see a different cracker out there from what we saw um, previously. And I thought he had a fantastic game. He didn't really put a foot wrong. You know, every time he went near the ball, he either defended perfectly or he got us going in the right direction. And to set up a goal with his first kick was fantastic. Yeah, absolute lace-out kick. Yeah, that's another thing with his skill, you know, it's just... You'd want to be on the end of one of those kicks if you're a forward, that's for sure. Yep. It's just a fairy tale story as far as I'm concerned. I was one of those jaded supporters that was not very happy at all because I, I felt like he let us down and we sort of invested the time and then he bailed on us. And yeah. and obviously, with history behind him, we can see that he, obviously his head wasn't in the right space either with us or with Gold Coast. And um, he wasn't really doing himself any service let alone the club so for him to be able to you know swallow the pride which can be a big thing uh, to do he did it and he's come back and he's done the hard yards and yeah I mean 100% disposal efficiency for only 38% time on ground which was the second lowest for the team what he what he did when he got the opportunity was just fantastic and yeah, I think all of us are hoping that he uh, he'll get some games this year and we've got a long term injured player so um, which is unfortunate. It's Frampton, I think. So um, hopefully uh, Nathan gets an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I think and it's good to see that you know pretty much the entire Port Adelaide community is wel- welcoming back. Last player I want to talk about is Andrew Moore. I thought he had a great game. Um, and if he can play like that every week, it takes so much pressure off guys like Wines and Boak doing the heavy lifting at the uh, at the stoppages. Yeah, absolutely. I know he. He's one of those players that you kind of you watch and you want him to do well each week. I don't know why, but I've always wanted him to do well. Um, he can be a bit shaky at times, but when he when he does get into the game, he's quite effective. You know, he's got that big body midfielder kind of thing going on there. So 
hopefully, hopefully he's lost a little bit of his indecisiveness when it comes to getting the ball. But I liked his game on the weekend as well. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, I think he might. Last season, I think he was just a fraction too slow for his size even. And I think just from this game, it looks as if he's a little bit quicker now. He's, he's making that decision quicker. And I think, honestly, he's going to be a great player for us this year. Yeah, obviously his size is probably his biggest plus. I mean, he's besides maybe Wines, he's he's probably our next biggest midfielder. So, you know, that that's pretty crucial towards, you know, locking down, you know, big-bodied Josh Kennedy or, or someone like that. He's really deceptive. I, I never seem to notice him getting possessions in a game, though, compared to other players. I mean, he, and he got some good... Good um, stats too, like four clearances and five rebound fifties, four inside fifties. So he was really contributing throughout the ground. I'm, either I need to pay attention to him more, or he needs to dye his hair colour so he sticks out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him kick a few more goals. I think that's probably something he could add to his game. He kicked a nice super goal on the run as a rocket on the weekend, and yeah, maybe if he could just add that to his game, you'd, you'd probably notice him a bit more, Rick. Yeah, you're probably right there. He needs to do what Youngie did. There's another goal for you guys to try and recreate soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the Youngie last season, you couldn't get him to kick it. He had that goal <laughs> running right into it that he's hit the post somehow. <laughs> he's always seemed to miss the, 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 the easy goals and he's made that one. I was so. right behind that one. It had, it had the right arc on it. and it was, But I thought it was going to hit the post and then it, then it went at right angles, Tim. So, <laughs> Mark, uh, good. What about, Matthew, there's one play you missed out I think we should quickly talk about. It's maybe Hamish Hartlett. Suppose yep. he's done his groin. I was at that end where he uh, kicked the ball. And i tell you what, that pass he did was absolutely amazing where he crossed it. And who marked? Was it, was it Need or White that took the mark? But either way, it was it was a beautiful uh, goal assist. But he did, you saw he did grab his uh, groin muscle straight afterwards and was stretching his leg out. So... Obviously, he did something there. He did that, and then he went up the other end and uh, kicked it again. He came off for a little while and then came back on. Um, and then he, he kicked a bit of a fluff. A fluff kick, and he yeah. kind of went along the ground, and that straight after that, went for the groin again and slowly walked off. So that was a bit of a worry. But I think he's only a couple, couple of weeks, weeks off. Yeah, yeah so yeah. hopefully hopefully he just he gets up for round one. But you wouldn't be taking any risks. A dynamic player, and we need him. It gets you a bit nervous yeah. considering how injury prone he used to be. So, and he was out for ages with those like hamstrings and all. So, you know, you, you still get a bit nervous about these little small injuries, but hopefully he's back pretty soon. I wouldn't want to be on the end of one of his kicks because it'd probably knock me over. So, <laughs> <laughs> just a quick one uh, Andrew Moore versus Aaron Young. Who's going to play round one between them? I'd have Andrew Moore. Yeah, I think Maury's just a bit bit more steady. Yeah. I, think um, skill, I think his foot skills are a little bit better as well. I, think, I don't know, something about Aaron Young, I just get a little bit nervous when he gets it. It's really tough, though, because <laughs> I love both of them. You know? yeah, we don't, yeah. we don't yeah, have anyone that's on the team, it. so we hate, hate saying we don't want him in the team for round one. Yeah. It's really tough. Yeah, I'd go Maury. Just. A, uh, a quick chat about the Magpies game. Uh, that was at Nordoval as well on Friday night. Uh, a bit of a farcical display where the academy game was about to get started. Um, 
as you said earlier in the in the pre uh, in the pre chatter, I think the the coin toss was even done. And then over the speaker, they got told to get off the ground, which is uh, pretty ridiculous. But the main event went ahead, um, only to see the Pies lose four goals, nine to 14 goals, 12, a 63-point loss. Um, I guess the, the most significant thing was that uh, we were quite undermanned. We only had one player out there with AFL experience and only three on the senior list. So um, we only had four players from the grand final team out there. Uh, so it was a pretty undermanned outfit that, uh, that played on Friday night. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. We okay, we really missed a lot of a lot of our run there, and uh, the experience really wasn't ideal uh, for that team. But I, I really wasn't happy with that academy thing. You know, those boys would have geared up. A lot of them hoping to get, you know, a bit of a league chance this year, and that's one of the chances they get to prove themselves. And then, you know, they just get told to get off the oval. I think that really should have been handled better, and it's pretty. It's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in football, to be honest. Well, that was an yeah. AFL mandate, though, wasn't it? They, they well, surely they would have known that there was this game going ahead, and they could have they could have told them like a week before or something. Well, maybe yeah, everyone just made an assumption. I just don't understand how it could possibly be after the coin toss as well. Like, how do you get it that late? Like, the players are already on the field; they've been doing their stuff, and they get told to run off. So who would have told Mark Evans that there was a game about to be played at Norwood Oval? <laughs> and you got shit, quick, tell him. You've got 30 seconds to get off the field. Some stupid dog. Ridiculous. Yeah. Caroline Wilson was probably there. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a bit of a stupid dog. Well, we were goalless to half-time, so it wasn't a, uh, wasn't a great showing. I think Dougal Howard played pretty well. Uh, Tommy Logan and Steve Summerton, obviously, they're the most experienced heads out there. They played pretty well. And Sam Gordon... Um, kicked a ripper goal as well and I'm pretty interested to see how Sam Gordon goes this year because he came with a pretty big um, reputation um, and I thought he was a little bit disappointing last year so I'm pretty interested to see um, how many senior games he gets this year Yeah, he's a uh, a very interesting player <laughs> Yeah, to me the, the most pleasing thing about Sunday was, was seeing the power win at the parade I haven't Seeing the Magpies, I've been going there down to the parade, watch the Maggies for so many years. Something about the parade, I don't, they just well, can't get the job done. That's there. the thing, you know, we all went to school on the parade, so oh. we were then, um, we're always down there. And They're one of the 20%. And, you know, we're the poor fans that no one wants to talk to. So when we're down there, <laughs> we're kind of outnumbered, but it was really good to see a lot of poor fans out there for once. It really hasn't been a happy home for Port Adelaide, the parade. I remember going there in the mid-90s and watching us get thrashed by 90 points just about every year. But it was almost like a, it was almost a, a comforting feeling because you knew that if you lost at the parade, you'd end up winning the premiership. Mm. <laughs> Did you, do you think my summary of the parade, like in my little blog that I wrote, um, I called it claustrophobic? It's, it's pretty um, you, you're almost on top of the plays which I think is a good thing you know you're really close to the game but it's just such a claustrophobic atmosphere there yeah I mean I sat in the um, one of the grandstands uh, along the wing and I quite often I couldn't actually see a lot of the play which was down one wing because uh, it just kept getting cut off by the edge of the grandstand so where the players ran off, I could never see, you know, who was getting subbed off or who was on or anything like that because it's so um, shallow there and it is like a, a bit claustrophobic like that. Doesn't help that you got almost nine thousand people <laughs> cramming into that spot though. Mm. 
What do you think, Macca? They could probably spend a bit of money on uh, upgrading it a little bit. The stadium itself was uh, in a bit of a state of disrepair, I thought, but the ground itself looked probably better than I've ever seen the parade. So they yeah, the, ground, the ground is really good. Yeah. But they still need that cyclone fencing and the gap, the, the inch and a half bloody gap pipe holding it up bloody all around the place because it, it does make watching the game from behind the goals very difficult. Mm. Yeah, well, you'd think they'd have enough money, you know, to do a little bit of a revamp. Um, you know, Premier's however many times it is now and it is in the eastern suburbs, so they're not short on cash. So you'd think they'd be able to put a little bit of dosh in towards getting some stuff. Did you guys uh, notice the sneaky scoreboard tactic um, of how they put West Coast as the home team and Port as the away team? Well, apparently we had the away rooms as well. Oh, that's shocking. That. Yeah, no, but I heard... How petty can you get, Norwood Football right. Club? Jesus. Right, someone yeah. said to me on the uh, on my blog that they we had the away change rooms because we wanted the gym. So because we wanted the gym, it was tied in with that. So that was the that's probably the answer. And then the scoreboard was just the the school scoreboard error by the person putting up the scores. Apparently, <laughs> hmm. nah, they're just jerks. So it wasn't that much of an issue for me when I was there. Maybe it was the beers and the wine that I drank beforehand, Macca, that was uh, <laughs> starting to uh, kick in. That's it. Well, boys, how do you think Port are going to go this year? What's your predictions? I don't, I don't want to, you know, get... No, it's, bit, it's about being confident. There's no getting ahead of yourself. I think we're finishing top two. That's, and that's, that's pretty conservative. I'd like to say we're finishing absolute top. Just, I'd yeah. like to make a call now, but I'd also like to make a call after the first month. You know, how we go in that first month will pretty much dictate our season, I think. And um, yeah. I'm hoping a, definitely a top four. Top four is, you know, a necessity this year. We have to get top four if the season's absolutely failed. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the top four. Uh, and I think, you know, if we get in deep enough, we can definitely push for a premiership. Um, on a bit of a sideway tangent, I think there's some good betting odds for port enthusiasts this year. Um, we're still uh, at reasonable odds uh, for the premiership, and must, Robbie Gray for top three in the Brownlow must be almost a, a Monty, I would say. I reckon you'd get good odds on that. He's, I think he's 21 to 1 for the Brownlow medal, so I'm tempted to that. We need to get Stafford on, Macca, because... Uh, <laughs> Um, he would be the man. He always seems to do well with the bets. That's it. Yeah, I, I did notice that twenty-one dollar odds on on Robbie, and just whether might chuck a few dollars on him. Just whether or not the umpires actually notice him this year. <laughs> yeah, Wait, just, well, they will. It's about cause exactly. they noticed it at the end of last year. So That's when you start to get a few votes. So I I was thinking about today actually, coincidentally. Like, he's a massive chance to get this brown. Like, I can't. He's a freak. Maybe five if he plays. Well, another yeah, gets suspended yeah. or something, but jeez, mm. yeah, you'd be you'd be putting something on that. And yeah, like what he so he had twenty eight disposals, three goals on the on the weekend, and he was crook. Mm. Yeah. Well, they always say the umpires are twelve months behind in terms of the Brownlow. You know, happened with Ablett, happened with Swan, um, happened with Judd. So you never know. Robbie Gray, Brownlow medalist, two thousand fifteen, it might happen. It'd be nice. We'll finally get a Brownlow medalist. Wangerman was always, uh, he was the unlucky one. And, and Treadway was probably unlucky too, really. I still reckon Jasper's a Monty for the Brownlow this year. <laughs> if he doesn't get close, I'll be disappointed. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll be hunting down the ump, so I reckon there, there'll have to be something going on. 
Mate, if he does that, I'm going to run around Albert and Oval in the nude. All right, we're holding him to that one. You there you go. Lock it in. So what do you guys got coming up on your show next? Uh, well, we're going we're gonna to do the first episode uh, coming up pretty shortly, actually. It's just getting a, a day that we can film it. Uh, other than that, we're looking at doing another legendary moment. Uh, we're going to try and recreate the Daryl Wakeland and Alistair Lynch uh, brawl in the 04 <laughs> Grand Final. So that'll be one to look for. Oh, that'll be great. This one, so it'll, it'll be it'll be good to watch. Good work. Nice. I like it. All right, we might leave it there for now. Cheers for coming on, boys. No worries. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for your time, fellas. Everybody, check them out. Port Adelaide Pair on Facebook on YouTube. It's fantastic. It is good. And it's easy to find, isn't it? It's just Port Adelaide Pair. That's it. Came up up pretty easy. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you coming on. And we'll have a special surprise for everyone in a few weeks' time. Nice. Cheers, lads. Go the pair. Go the pair. Go the pair. Trent Ray from 45 metres out.